welcome to Are We Pretty, a podcast dedicated to highlighting all things drag. I'm Annalie Duchet. And this is Miami Rose. Whether you're a fan of drag or a full-time entertainer, this is the podcast for you. Each and every single episode is cram-packed with drag news, exclusive interviews, and a weekly topic that'll leave you gagging for more. This week, we're talking navigating through a straight world as a queer person with an extra special guest, J.R. Stone. So get ready to get into it. This is Are Are We we Pretty? Pretty? We did it. Yeah. Hi, Miami Rose. How's it going? Oh, actually, I know how it's going for you. Um, you've been moving. We caught a vibe. Baby, we caught a vibe. Yeah, it's um, it's going great. I'm living. I'm I. This episode, I promise you, will be wild. Everyone, strap in. Put your seatbelts on. I fired Rachel twice, and we haven't even started recording. Yeah, this episode is gonna get crazy. Um. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, Miami, I hear that for those who can read, that people, if if they go and look up dailyhelmsman.com, they can find uh, a story about you. They sure can. They can actually find a story about us. Because, I know. Uh, you know, I had to shamelessly plug the pod. Um, I will pull up a little excerpt from it and read like it is the Holy Bible and this is church. <laughs> right. Um, so I'll just I'll just quote this this part right here. <clears throat> Miami Rose developed an interest in drag after seeing a clip of a drag queen on YouTube in high school. And this is in quotes. I fell down this rabbit hole of drag and I found drag race. It really inspired me to go out to the club and it never stopped. They can't get rid of me now. So fucking true. I here's the thing. I don't remember fucking saying any of that, but I absolutely agree with what I said. Um, and then if you if you look below at the next paragraph, it reads, Rose performs in many parts of Memphis and Arkansas. She also has a podcast on Spotify called Are We Pretty? that she hosts with fellow drag performer Annale Duche. I said Annale, Annalie Duche. Yeah, I think it's great. We're published. And here's here's the thing that I just, that I am so tickled. There were other performers there and I was mentioned more than them. Listen, um, <laughs> in the words of Naomi Smalls, life's not fair. Um, yes. It's a great interview and it really highlights me. So I'm not mad at it. <laughs> it really the, pic- the picture of me is slightly homophobic in on digital, but... Oh, honey, the fucking magazine picture, it's blurry. You know how, like, newspapers just blur the fuck out of everything? Yeah, I look great. Thor, do we have any drag news? Does yeah. that count as drag news? That does count as drag news. And, Miami, we have to do War of the Roses review. Oh, how could I forget? You know, some things some things just slip past my fragile little mind. I think uh, there, there, there seems to be, like, a little soundboard moment that we have to listen to. Should we hit the button? <laughs> yep, let's hit it. This is the War of the Rose review for season three, episode four, where it was the main performance was comedy night. And the runway yep. was um, inspired by Clue characters. 
characters from Clue. Period. And here's the thing. They turned it out. I like this episode. There was a lot of really funny, fun moments. It was good. Yeah, it was a good episode. It was pretty solid. Everyone, for the most part, was funny. Oh, yeah, so, okay. So Luna started out the night, and Luna did... Okay, so we should do blooms and dooms, but we should also do uh, funny or not funny. <laughs> okay, we can do that. Um, yeah. And for this, okay. this for the performances. So for the performance, this for me was a funny. This was a funny, for sure. Okay, next. Okay, here was Mary's. Um, so Mary's, yeah, this was funny. I I remember really, I remember having a smile on my face. I remember laughing at the at the like little gags that she had when yeah when the when her boob came out it was very funny um i'm gonna give this a funny yeah it's a funny for me next up we have iris lefleur girl this is funny 100 percent funny this was wild yeah this was definitely the funniest number in my opinion um she pulled things out of a literal pussy <laughs> uh it was really really funny in my opinion the next one is Jalea Jolie Times. Uh, well, first of all, she looks amazing. Yeah, Jalea looks great. Um, overall, it did it did make me laugh, and I was in utter shock from the pussy being out. So I will give it a funny. I'm gonna give it a funny as well. Yeah, yeah, this is a funny. Um, next up we have Shanice. Cassidine. Um, I thought it was funny. I just thought that it didn't go anywhere. So I'm giving it a funny. Overall, to me, this was funny, but it did it did last a little bit uh, a tad too long. Yeah, I agree. And then next up, we had Monica Dupree. Yeah, and Monica came out as another elderly person. That's right. Um, this, was, this was the night of a thousand doubles. It was funny. I'll give it a funny. Yeah, Everyone you... was funny. It's not that anyone was not funny. It's just that some of them were so funny that others didn't feel as funny. Yeah. Uh, no, Mo- Monica did well tonight, uh, or did well this night. Yeah, so let's go into the placements. So yeah. um, what happened on Friday was it was announced that Monica is not going to be able to continue to compete she got accepted into a school program in Florida and her orientation is uh, happening during war. So she's not going to be able to do all the weeks and it's just not fair to let her skip a week. So um, she had to step down, but um, that just means that uh, there's always all-stars and Monica's amazing. I love her. I think she's very sickening. She had some amazing looks, some amazing performances, and I can't wait to see what else she does. And congratulations on uh, on furthering your career outside of drag. You know, life is more than drag. So good for yeah. you, bitch. Good for Monica. She is amazing. She's phenomenal. She's been one of my favorites, especially on the runway. I've, I think I've, you know, I, I've been pretty obsessed with her looks and her performances. She's so good. Um, and congratulations to her. So... Uh, what that meant is that Iris and Mary were in the top for having um, the funniest performances and everybody else was safe. And because Monica is being let go, what Bella decided was that Iris and Mary were going to do a lip sync for the win. I don't think anyone was really prepared for the lip sync. <laughs> Honestly, I think they were kind of shook. 
and it was good. It was a lot of fun. And I think because it wasn't a lip sync about someone is about to go home, I think both of the, both Iris and Mary like had fun with this and it was just really fun to watch, you know? It was a good lip sync. It was really intense. Yeah. Um, and Mary ended up stealing the win this episode. So congrats to her. That she did. That means that uh, she has officially... Yep. Does she have the best run on the sh- on this entire thing so far? Yeah, I think uh, if we're stacking numbers and statistics and data and science, I would say that she's the front runner because she's been at the top each time and then she has a win now as well. Yeah, so that means the other girls are either going to have to step it up or whoop her ass in the finale. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if if science, math, and uh literature have taught us anything it's that sometimes rooting for the underdog is a thing i mean look at tiffany people really rooted for her that our whole season i mean she bottomed three times i think twice three times she fought for her spot and uh being in that position is just as valid so to the other girls if you are listening don't get discouraged it's still anyone's game and to mary bitch you are fucking killing it good for you so I applaud you for turning the fuck out, bitch. Uh, I, I'm glad I won my season because I would be crying having to compete against you. <laughs> well, speaking of crying, let's make these bitches cry by getting <laughs> into the dooms and blooms of the runway this night. Are you ready, Miami? Yep, I'm ready. Okay, so, oh yeah, the, so the runway was uh, Get a Clue, where the queens had to dress up in some sort of their version of a character from the game Clue. So first up, we had Luna Luella, who did Colonel Mustard, I believe. I, you know what? I don't think we've done this before, but I'm, I, at first I was like, what is this? This is a doom. But then it was a reveal moment. And I actually really, really ended up liking like the flowy fabric and uh, being able to see like the, the mustache so i ended up giving this for me here's here's mine this is also a first for the show i doom it in person i bloom it on video the the camera is getting it together i'm not gonna lie looking at it in this video it looks it looks better on the camera and that's the thing sometimes even with like when you're taking like photos of like outfits and stuff you can really make an outfit look way better yeah depending on how you're capturing it and i i think the camera definitely did it justice so it uh it was a it was a doom in person but a bloom on screen so which is where it counts these days right it, uh, nothing you say matters unless that camera's rolling well there you go we love you luna um next up we had oh shit we had mary as scarlet girl this is a damn bloom this Victory. is a blooming onion Yep, this is definitely a bloom. Uh, I would argue to say this is uh, definitely the best runway of the night. This is perfection. There was nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, And fun fact, um, last season, Kayla also won this challenge and she also did this character. Ooh, I wonder if there's a good luck streak there. Oh, I I also- I think this character is just a good one to pick. Like this is- this is a glamorous character. The color red always looks amazing. Like it's a powerful color to pick. 
and uh, the the character itself is very powerful. So uh, yeah, and she had the whole gag where the dagger was inside of the walk, like her cane that she had, and that was really fierce. And the silhouette, oh, damn, this is just really, really good. Next up, we have Iris Lafleur. So Iris, Iris was Miss White, the maid. And uh, at first, at first, I really didn't care for it that much. Same. Um, but I think that the more I look at it, the more I like it. Um, I like the props. I, I think it was smart to come out with props. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the issue that I'm having with the look is the hair. I think the hair could have been... Uh, the hair could have been a little bigger. I think that would have been more fierce. It was more of like a bubble. Um, but overall, it's a soft blue. Like super soft. This is like bouncy, extra soft. I also did not care for the hair as I'm looking at this. Dude, the but hair's a bummer to it. But I'm going to bloom it because I actually really like the way that she performed it all. So, yeah, she had, you know, she had the little duster. She had her little cleaning supplies. I also love when she pulled out her the the secret weapon and then was using it to shoot people. I I think she performed it really, really well. And I had a lot of fun with this. But sometimes uh, selling the garment can really like make or break the runway, you know? Yeah. 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 Next up, we had Miss Jalia who came out as Professor Plum. Miss Plum? Professor Plum? I really liked this. I actually thought it was fierce. Um, I, I think that she served it really well, and I think this character really fit her aesthetic. I think the look is right. She looks like a businesswoman ready to do some murder. Uh, she also looks like a lawyer. Like, she could, like, show up to the murder scene and, like, stand oh. for someone in front of the jury like it gives very much that vibe so for me it is a blur i'm also blooming this she looks really good i love this uh fabric she's got on it looks kind of velvety i love this color on her um yeah but it's it's a total bloom she's great so next up to the runway was shanice and she did miss peacock uh okay so the dress is a bloom. The back piece is a doom. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like the. Okay, but can we? Is this even at this point? Are we just giving blooms because we like these people? Here's the thing. I okay. The look is. It's overall. I think I have to do mm, because the okay. because the back piece is so okay. big. It's like the focal point. Yeah, it, it's a doom for me. You're I strong. You're fierce. I, I didn't really care for the for the the look overall. It's a doom. But she looks beautiful in the face. The hair is bright. Overall, I'm going to doom it. I don't think that this served what it needed to serve for me. I think for me, it's the feathers themselves. It, it just looks a little plucked. It looks like feathers are missing. And so it just kind of yeah. lost. It, it looked, you know, it just kind of lost the extravagance of, of a peacock. And and without the back piece though, like this is a really, really beautiful look and she looks really pretty and amazing. But overall- But if she lost the back piece, it wouldn't give Miss Peacock. Right. And so that, yeah, yeah. Next up, we have Monica Dupree, who is serving the Reverend 
green. Um, it's a doom for me. It's a doom for me. And it makes, l- let me tell you something. This makes me sad to feel this way and to say this. She definitely knew that she was, this was her last night. She wanted to look pretty and I cannot blame her for that. Uh, but it did not, it didn't really give me Mrs. Green. So uh, it's a darn. Uh, but Monica, we love you. And uh, we will hopefully see you on All Stars with lots of blooms. Yeah, I'm going to also doom this. I mean, no matter what, she looks amazing and gorgeous and perfect and beautiful. But uh, as a look that is trying to serve a challenge point, um, it's a doom. But also congratulations to Monica. I'm glad that she is getting that um, education and that she's gonna go do what she wants to do. Yeah, good for her. I'm forever jealous that she's succeeding and then, uh, and then, and then we have Bella DeBall, who always it gets a bloom. So good for her. Good for Bella. So that is, uh, that is all the blooms and dooms, the runways. Uh, which person snatched the top bloom of the week for you? And this is just runway looks. Correct. Oh, one hundred percent, Mary Gagdalen. That that was so good. I agree. Mary, Mary looked the best. That I'm telling you, that character is that's the ticket every year. We'll see if it wins next year, next season. I'm saying next next year, like it's not gonna be like a month from now. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I also I want to know uh, what were the trend alerts? Uh, you know what? A lot of people use props this time. For me, it's the repeats. We had doubles. Oh, okay. I was seeing double all night. We had <laughs> we had double. two pussies. We had yep. two of the same songs. Yep. We had two old ladies on walkers. On walkers. Uh, and we had uh, two dooms. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that it. was that was the. Uh, the review of War of the Roses season three, episode four. The description, the video will be in the description of this episode. Um, all right, Miami. Let's we're gonna take a break. Um, should we tell people what's going on with this um with this episode or should we just let them figure it out? Um, I think we can maybe subly hint at it. Is that the word? Sub subtly sub sub yeah. y'all figure it out. Google it. Yeah. Sub subtly. Yeah, you got it. So uh, this was originally scheduled to be filmed at what time was it? At five, right? Whatever. It was it? Oh, it was it? Okay, so I'm just terrible at time management and remembering yeah. my exact facts. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was scheduled earlier in the dawn, and um, like a good gay person, I suck at time management. I'm in the middle of a move, and uh, so I am not in the rest of this episode. But don't worry, because I will be making pop-up appearances. Y'all will see. It's going to be cute. And Anna Lee is going to be manning the ship while I am absent. Uh, but it'll be fierce. It'll be a moment. And I think you guys will enjoy it because we have a very special guest. Uh-huh. That's right. We have a very, <laughs> very special guest who is a Memphis drag king and a Memphis wrestler, uh, J.R. Stone. 
so after so get the break, ready to get into it and we're going to take a break hi everybody welcome back from the break today you will notice that um that bitch miami is not here she died um and finally the witch is dead uh, <laughs> yes r.i.p but i have i have a guest today who i've actually never i don't think we've ever met in person or had a conversation um but tell us who you are and uh what's going on uh so i am jr stone i'm a male lead or male entertainer or male drag king you know it goes either way uh i've been doing this for eight years now um and i'm also a pro wrestler too been in the community about 12 years now so got a lot of knowledge and done a lot of things yeah so you are a drag king and a pro wrestler which is really really interesting i i've seen some pictures i've done some uh you know facebook stalking that's how we do research these days you know <laughs> right <laughs> um so yeah why don't you tell me a little bit about how you found drag how you found wrestling and like what just how, how did you get into both of those spaces because those are two really interesting spaces to be in so i'm from a small town uh, my high school class with 30 people so really small um and there wasn't a lot to do there so one of my friends and me gotten into um a pro wrestling training uh course um so for all the listeners uh pro wrestling like wwe um which is stripping um kind of like a sitcom um sports and so i just kind of fell in love with it my dad loved it and i didn't understand why he did until i got into it and as soon as I started training at age 14, I just fell in love with it. And uh, I really wasn't out then. So, like, I didn't even know who I was at that point. Um, so, got into wrestling at age 14, did it for seven years, and decided to uh, move to Memphis for a guy. And I had to leave wrestling behind, sadly. And when I came to Memphis, I found this whole new life of uh, drag. And shockingly, drag and wrestling are the same thing. It's a character you dress in the nighttime and you get to go be out on the stage and perform in front of people. So that's why wrestlers and drag queens aren't at each other's shows because <laughs> it's at the right. same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's honestly the same thing. I never put two, two together until I started getting back into wrestling sure. and I was like this is this is just like a drag show but with grown straight men pushing each other yeah I, it look here's the thing when I was younger I used to watch WWE I guess it was WWF or I don't remember which one was first but I used to watch it back when I was a kid and here's the thing I thought it was real I thought it was real shit. I didn't realize that it was scripted and fake until years after already having watched it. Um, yeah. So um, the word fake is very, uh -oh. Uh -oh. no, yeah, because it's a very scripted uh, concept, like um, a little behind the scenes, I guess, for all you people. So on a normal wrestling show, I would go in, I will look at the board, see who am I going against. Me and this person will get together and we will talk about the match. 
which we go years and years of training before we even get into a ring. So we'd have to know the names of the moves, how they work, how they go together. Um, why does this make sense on this? And why should you put this move against this move? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of um, mental uh, training along with uh, physical training. Because if you walk out there, throw a few moves, and win a match, people are like, mm, you know, that didn't make sense. This guy's four foot tall, and the other guy's 600 pounds and just beat him. That didn't. So you have to you have to make it make, uh, make sense. So yeah, in that aspect is fake. Like we already know who's going to win. We know the storylines and we know what's going to happen. But mm-hmm. you kind of don't because when you get in the ring, yeah, you put this match together, but something could go wrong. As in, like um, I've gotten my foot broken before. I've um, dislocated my shoulder. And, you know, we had to change the match so that way we could finish it. But that way I didn't get hurt also. And we had to end it. So there's a lot of things that could happen in the, in the drop of a dime. Um, so that's why people's like, oh, wrestling's fake. And I was like, well, the scars, my body, and my knees beg to differ. So were you into WWF when you were a kid? Like, did you watch, did you watch that back then or? No. So my dad, okay. So my dad used to watch wrestling all the time. Like he used right. to re- uh, ooh, say something about my age. We used to use a v- VCR and we had to record I the matches. VCR in my closet. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, come on. I mean, VCR, was a, there was a shit right there. And that was, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to record the matches for him if he's at work and then he would watch it at home when he got off. And I remember just watching the matches with him. I never understood why he liked this sport. And I was like, he loved he loved baseball and he loved football. But wrestling, I never understood. And it wasn't until um, my fa- uh, my parents got divorced and he moved to Dyersburg, Tennessee, which is a really um, a really big place for wrestlers. And they had wrestling there all the time. And then when I started going down there on the weekends to see him, that's how I kind of got introduced to it. When I actually go into the live shows, shows. So they have what they call indie wrestling. And that's like your, your bar shows instead of the RuPaul shows. So you got RuPaul, but it's like a WWE and you got uh, your bar shows. It's like your indie shows. So telling you like wrestling track go together so well. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've never been to a, I guess, an indie wrestling um, match before or a wrestling show. What is it? Is it called a show? Like a wrestling yeah, um, yeah. So they're they're everywhere, especially like here in Memphis. Um, we do one every Monday uh, down on Bill Street. Um, after I got back into it, um, I took a twelve year break and. Um, I started, I was the uh, entertainment director for Mid-South Pride. So I had to book entertainment. And one day I was like, you know what? I have friends that wrestle. Memphis is a really big wrestling place. Let me see what I can do. And I actually got them to come down and start doing wrestling shows in our pride. And it was amazing. People loved it. Everybody went and saw it. And they was like, oh, you got wrestling at pride. That's so cool. You have these guys that support gay people. And 
you know, and all my friends was like, how did you do that? I was like, well, I grew up with these people. I came out to them. They supported me. So I kind of know that they would come do this and wouldn't be vulgar or wouldn't be disrespectful. And, and I also told them the rules if they ever said, if they were mean to uh, the people or said anything wrong, I was like, they wouldn't get their money. (laughs) And I know wrestlers, they love their money. So. Yeah. Did you find any like resistance of from being in either like in the drag performing circle or the wrestling performing circle? Did you find resistance because of the other? Luckily with some of the bookers that I've dealt with, they have always had my back. They're like, listen, if you can't wrestle him because he's gay, then you can't wrestle for my company. You know, um, now in the drag world, um, when people start realizing that I was a professional wrestler, I mean, it kind of impacted my gay life, it, it, uh, my dating life a little bit. I mean, so honestly, it kind of did more good in the gay world than, than anything. I'm pretty sure you know who Aubrey Ombre is. and Oh, Aubrey, uh, yes. For for the listeners, Aubrey Ombre is one of uh, Memphis's premier drag performers. She's amazing. She's beautiful. She's also, she was in the last, this past season of War of the Roses. Um, yeah, Aubrey's amazing. And I know she wrestles and I think that's fucking fierce. Uh, have you ever worked with her in wrestling? So she, um, she's my drag, uh, drag sister. She's like, she's my best friend. Like she's my ride and die. Yeah. And she's actually one of the biggest reasons why I started bringing wrestling to pride and started trying to bring wrestling back to Memphis because her dream was to be a wrestler. And I was like, if I could make this dream a reality for her, then I would do that. And so that was one of the big reasons why I got wrestling the pride because that way me and her can tag up. So me and her tagged up the first time. Then she was my manager the first, uh, the second time. And now she's actually getting back in the ring with me with training again. And on her birthday on November 2nd, she's actually going to be tagging up with me again so november the second me and aubrey ombre one of the baddest bitches in memphis uh thicker than thick is going to be getting the ring with me and going to be throwing some grown men around so can't wait for that yeah she she throws a lot of grown men around i hear uh (laughs) i've never heard anything like that about ombre um actually i wonder what miami would say Did you know that three presidents, all founding fathers, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Monroe, died on July 4th? President Adams and Jefferson also died the same year in 1826. President Monroe died in 1831. Coincidence? You decide. Yes, I did read that from a website. (laughs) Yeah, so you wanted to talk about... um what it's been like for you as a wrestler and as a gay wrestler and you've already started telling us your story um and how that has impacted you in your adulthood what was it like as a kid as you were starting because I I think you said earlier that when you were 14 you didn't really you really hadn't come out or even maybe even thought about that so how did that how did those two worlds collide you being a wrestler and being gay Man, uh, wait, are you gay? What are you? What's happening? I, what yes, I, um, so you know what, right? It's 2021, you know. <laughs> uh, I am he and him, uh, and I, yes, I am gay. Uh, yeah, I did it when I was 14, and 
um, a lot of people ask me when I got into wrestling, they're like, do you get a hard on when you wrestle the guys? Do you want to do this for them? And I honestly can look everybody in the face and be like, no. I've never gotten sexually aroused in the ring with a guy. But as a kid, I was I was 14, going on 15, um, learning who I was as a person. And I had this wrestling, I was starting this wrestling career, I guess. And I also needed to learn who I was as a um on the inside. And I was I dated girls for the longest time. And I stopped when I realized that I didn't like girls anymore and I didn't know if I really liked guys or what was going on. Uh, I kind of just stopped dating completely. Well, uh, one, one night after a wrestling show, um, this guy who was an out gay person who came to the wrestling shows was kind of flirting with me and stuff. And I was kind of like flirting back. And, uh, one of my wrestling, uh, friends was like hey can i talk to you i said yeah he said are you gay and i was like honestly i don't know i never came out i never thought about it and he was like okay and then one day i realized i was like you know what i'm gay i want a boyfriend i want to experience that whole love life and wanted to date a man and so i came out he was actually one of the first people i came out to i was like hey i'm gay he was like "Ah, i knew it i was like oh Thanks for surprise. And so um, this guy who usually comes to the shows, um, I actually went up to him and I asked him out on a date. And then we started talking. And then he asked me to be his boyfriend. And I was like, yes, I will. I'll do it <laughs> just for you. Yeah. This is so funny. <laughs> right. And um, it's funny because the guy is actually a, um, he lives here in Memphis now. And he used to do drag, but not really. Uh, so when I moved, when I moved, yeah. Oh yeah. My whole life, I could be on this podcast or my whole life is so juicy. It's, re- it's ridiculous. <laughs> I wonder what my ending say. My go to thing I could eat any day at any time, a hundred percent, uh, would be chilies, uh, the, the the dip that you get at Chili's. I forget what it's called. Or I can eat fish tacos. I love fish tacos. <laughs> Something fell. I don't know what it was. It's the fish tacos. They're coming. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about your drag career and what has what's that been like? And uh, are you currently performing anywhere or what's going on there? Yeah, um, so I'm still performing. Um, I take um, special bookings here and there. Um, with everything that goes on in my life, it's hard for me to do drag wrestling and everything else. Um, so I moved back. I moved in Memphis in 2011, and um, there was this bar called Metro. Uh, if you ever heard of it, it was the uh, one of the first gay bars here in Memphis. And I started bartending there. And one day they had some people that didn't show up for a drag show. And my drag, I guess, mother? Not really. I mean, she she's never been a drag mother to me, but she gave me her last name. So I guess so. Um, came up to me, came up to the bar and she was like, hey, you're going to be in the show. 
And I was like, um, okay. She's like, I saw you dancing earlier. And she's like, just take your shirt off and wear your pants and go pick a song to do. And I was like, okay. And so that was the first time I ever did drag was in Metro on a random uh, night. And I fell in love with it and did been doing drag for eight years now. I'm actually a part of the Cox family, which is one of the biggest, one of the big um, drag families here in Memphis. Um, my brother, Will Ryder, who is one of the biggest uh, drag kings in Memphis. Um, they call him the king of the castle for a reason. And as I'm also doing drag, I'm also working for the club. I'm their, uh, I used to, I was their light director and their sound guy. So I would fix the sound and speakers and I would set the lights up and run the lights and everything for the shows on Saturday. Um, and then as it progresses, um, they actually gave me a, you know, cast spots and special spotlight spots. And then they gave me a Friday nights I could host on Friday nights because one of the hosts didn't show up and I was always there. And they're like, well, won't you go host? And so that's where I kind of started hosting. And then one day, um, a famous drag queen gave me my uh, job of my life, uh, Miss Demonica Santangelo. She's a Memphis legend. Um, she was drunk one night, as we all should know. <laughs> if you know Demonica, you know she's going to get drunk. And she came up to me and she said, I'm going to do a nine-minute mix. And I said, Demonica... I said, it's two o'clock in the morning. You're not going to do a nine minute mix. She said, I'm doing a nine minute mix. I said, no, Monica, it is two o'clock in the morning. These kids just want to see a quick little drag show and they want to go home. I was like, we are not doing a nine minute mix. And she said, well, I'm going to go tell, uh, I'm going to go tell Stephanie, which is our boss. And I'm like, all right. And then so Stephanie came down and she was like, she had, she had that like boss face on. She's like, She's like, I need to see you in my office. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to get fired. I was like, they're not going to let me do anything anymore. Go up to the office, and then Stephanie goes, I see you that you're uh, taking on the role of show director, and you're doing a really good job, and I think it's just, you know, right, and I think I just need to offer you the job. And so she offered me the job as the show director of Spectrum. So I became... So I was in charge of booking the entertainers, getting the productions ready, making sure the stage is set. And that's when my whole, like everything started taking off in life. Um, that's, that's why I do what I do. Um, that's why I decided to keep working for Spectrum Events, which um, we're still, we might be, our building might be dead, but we're still alive. And we have special, uh, we have a special events like, uh, this Saturday, we have a Halloween party. Yeah, I saw, I saw some pictures from that. It looked really fun. Uh, speaking of the dead, uh, rest in peace, Miami. Um, I wonder what she would say. We're going to take a break and then we come back. Uh, we're going to answer just a couple of listener questions. We usually answer four, but we're just going to do just we're going to we're just going to do a couple. Um, so we're going to take a break. Um, bye. We all like a little bit of honey. 
And thankfully, Honey Buns Boutique is here to leave you dripping in bold bling for bold bitches. Based in Fayetteville, Arkansas, Honey Buns Boutique is a queer-owned business that makes jewelry and bling for drag artists and other fabulous people. Brooklyn Bissette designs custom earrings, jewelry sets, and even bow ties, which can all be worn by every guy, gal, and non-binary pal. So, if you're looking for something a little sweet to accessorize your fashion, contact Brooklyn and make sure to follow Honey Buns Boutique on Facebook. That's H-U-N-N-Y-B-U-N-Z Boutique. Links can be found in the description of this episode. If you're anything like us, you probably like to get a little stoned. And Bling by Foxy is here to help you get your fix. Bling by Foxy specializes in crystal customizations and luxury upcycling. Whether it's Chanel shoes, a gown, or even your favorite clutch, Bling by Foxy is here to give your fashion choices all of the sparkle they need. So if you need to commission someone to embellish your fashion with Bling and Sparkle, contact Foxy Scamazon. You can contact Foxy on her Instagram at thefoxyscamazon. That's T-H-E-E Foxy Scamazon, or you can find her on Instagram at Bling by Foxy. Links can be found in the description of this episode. All right, welcome back from the break. Uh, JR, what'd you do? Uh, so I wrote one off real quick, you know, stressful. Yes, we did it both on camera just now, actually. So that's, you know, we I, I had to get uh, the podcast in and my OnlyFans in at the same time, you know. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Got to get it in. Yes. And you also wrestled at the same time. I don't know how you did it. Right. Oh, my God. Tired. (laughs) Well, um, we've got a couple of questions. And uh, here we go. This one is going to be a little bit serious. It's going to get a little melodramatic. Um, Everybody get your... Yeah. Just get ready. If you could talk to your 13-year-old self, what would you say? Have faith. And remember that true love is out there and that one day you will you will become something better than you think you are right now yep yeah i would say to my 13 year old self um i would say be nicer to your mom i would say uh those weird feelings that you think are weird are 100% normal and you should be happy and then i would say uh stop eating jack in the box so goddamn much <laughs> and i would say never trust anyone named miami rose oh yeah <laughs> that's what i would say to miami you, you know what you you know that i mean to myself mom, i would say to myself. right <laughs> that that uh home mom thing uh yes i would tell myself to spend every moment with my parents um mm-hmm. as i can i lost both of them and oh, I, that's yeah. that's i think yeah spend every time every second that i could with them let's see what was the question miami i think you should tell yourself um to you quit drinking <laughs> yeah don't do drag just don't no no Obviously, we're joking. Uh, she should start no. her porn. She should start her Pornhub career. That's what she should have. Started. Yes. Um, I wonder what Miami would say. Honestly, like here's the real tea. I have always wanted to be like doing like a, a physical sport. Like when I was in high school, I wanted to play football so bad. 
don't know why it was like I think I have like a thing for like literally I wanted somebody to just fucking like kill me (laughs) no for real I wanted to be tackled to death I wanted to be tackled to death still do okay um here is the last question we're 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 shortening this down because the interview was a little bit longer which is cool um we got to hear some cool stuff i think and and so here we go um what has been your worst and oh wait i think i've already asked this question but you know what i I, i'm interested in in the in the wrestling so what has been your worst and the best experience in drag and in wrestling i have an answer for both of those myself by the way so all right, so my best experience in wrestling is to, um, I there's a girl that has autism, and for her birthday, all she wanted was my a shirt with my picture on it, and so for her, so her mom texted me their address, and I showed up to their house in my wrestling outfit with a shirt with my picture on it and it said stay just stunning and I gave it to her and she cried and I think I sat in my car and cried for at least 15 minutes because I was like I couldn't handle it no more it was like it was so adorable that I that this I made this little girl's date and the only thing she wanted was something from me who honestly to me I'm a nobody and so that that was it. Uh, the worst thing that ever happened is um, I can say that um, I've I've lost some friends to wrestling um, because they couldn't understand what I was doing and couldn't support me in it. So, and I said, if you can't support me in uh, this, then we can't be friends. I guess that was it. Um, my drag. Uh, the best thing having my drag is my sex life. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the best thing in drag is uh, uh, I get to perform at uh, places like Pride. Um, mm-hmm. And when you walk out on stage at Pride and see the love and joy, and it's honestly the greatest feeling of ever I could ever, you know, other than that little girl. It, it was always the greatest feeling. It just gives you something. Um, the worst thing about drag is um, the backstabbing and the cattiness and the talking behind people. I just don't, hmm. I don't, I don't understand. And, you know, and I would think people are like, I would, I'm a very friendly person. I, I will be your friend to the end. And I don't, I never met a stranger I didn't like. And so if I'm being your friend and then turn around and you're making fun of me because of uh, my drag or what I do, then it's that's that has happened to me a lot in uh, my career. And it just it bothers you when you think of somebody's your friend and then boom, turn around here and then talking bad about you. Yeah. Um, I think I've answered this question before. So um, we uh, are recycling here because we are an eco-friendly podcast. So <laughs> go green. Um, <laughs> yes. So, but my, I think I'm going to change my answers because I, I don't remember half of the shit I say ever. So my best experience in drag has been, oh, you know what? I said it was performing at Club Sway 
because it was really fun there. Yeah, it was. Um, best per experience in drag. I don't know. I also just really like meeting new performers. Everyone is everyone's cool, and there is always some cattiness and you know whatever. I don't give a shit. Uh, everyone's really really cool, and I've I've always liked everyone that I've met. Um, well, I've liked watching people perform. I don't know if I'd like that. <laughs> uh, with wrestling, my my best experience with wrestling, I, I'm telling you, I used to be obsessed with with WWE. I think it was WWF when I was when I was a fan of it. It had like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, like China, like that whole thing, uh, Mankind, The Undertaker. I could keep going. The Hardy Boys. Oh anyway, wow! Okay. Yeah. So like all of that was like my my shit and one time one of their events came to houston that's where i grew up and i got to go to like this big wwf thing and it was the most exciting thing ever for me as a kid and it was just really cool so that was that was a really good experience with wrestling that i had um worst experience in drag um (laughs) there's none i'm perfect my (laughs) worst Uh, me <laughs> right no um I, I can't really speak to worst experience with wrestling because i i haven't i had i don't you know i wasn't really in wrestling or anything like that um i would say uh worst experience with wrestling who's one of your watching oh, wrestling and oh, you was turning like, it around all right let's go <laughs> and you was like what, what match did you watch and you was like you was so sad that that person lost. Oh, I could not. I like. I cannot remember matches at all. But I do remember. Who's your favorite wrestler? Yeah, if I had to pick anyone, if I had to pick like an answer, I would say I was really, really obsessed with the Hardy Boys um, from oh. WWF. I thought I thought their whole shtick was really, really cool. Um, shtick maybe isn't a good word. I thought I thought what they did was really cool, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. And they were also kind of hot. So um, yeah, I'll say. So that. I, I guess I guess your worst price will be when Lita cheated on Matt with Edge. <gasps> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go find that. YouTube. I'm gonna go. I bet you there's a YouTube clip of that. We're gonna we're gonna post it in the description of the pod. Or as a gay man, who knows? That would have been like, oh, they're single now. <laughs> You know, there was this other storyline I remember where um, it was like an old woman and she was pregnant. She was so old that she like shouldn't have been pregnant. And she gave birth to a hand. May Young. Maybe. I don't. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It was the wildest thing. And I think it was then. I think it was that moment where I was like, is all of this not real? So yeah, yeah, that was uh that was uh Monday Night Wars, and that's when they was like just doing whatever they wanted to do, kind of uh-huh. like that's when I guess they started realizing, hey, let's be drag queens because <laughs> like <laughs> they were they was taking their pants off, and I mean The Rock was singing songs about having sex with uh his uh teacher. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was crazy back then. I don't know why I got to watch that. Well, thank you so much for those questions and being part of this pod. We're going to go ahead and just start ending off. Do you have anything that you want to promote? Any social media, any events or anything that any descriptions you want us to put in the description? 
Um, so, um, yeah, uh, all listeners, if you catch in, you can hear, uh, you can come to special events, uh, Saturday at Haunted Webs of Horror. This is going to be pretty amazing. Um, at 12 o'clock, it turns all spooky. Don't want to give too much away, but it's going to be pretty awesome. Something new that we're going to try to do. Um, I will, real quick, I will say this is going to come out on Sunday, so it would already have happened. Yeah. Well, I know. <laughs> JK, just in case. Well, if y'all did come, thank you for coming. <laughs> Hope to see y'all. At, uh, you can catch us. Uh, uh, you can go like us on Facebook and see when our next party is, which is going to be on New Year's. And uh, the only hint I can give out right now is uh, it could be on a muddy island so um the only hint i can give uh on that you can um you can catch me out on facebook at uh jr stone or instagram or um or my snapchat uh jr underscore stone um you can follow me or subscribe to me i have about five thousand followers on there so um i know people love my car karaoke's i don't know why you do but, yeah. too? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just I started doing it and then people loved it. Uh but yeah. Um but go like me on Facebook. Uh, you can catch me on my events. Uh we do some, uh we do brunch shows at Jerry Lee Lewis um once a month. So you can check those out. Uh I don't have the date on when our next one is, but it's pretty good. Or um uh, you can watch me wrestle every Monday night at Jerry Lee Lewis Cafe on Bill Street, Bell Time at eight o'clock. Uh I am the open weight um I am the Bluff City Open Weight Champion right now. So you can watch me come defend my belt every Monday. Yep. All I heard was that you're open. And on that note, we're going to close the show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we'll make sure to put all of those descriptions in, or all those things in the description. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. No problem. All Thank right. you. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you for listening to Are We Pretty with Annalie and Miami. If you would like to send in Q&A questions or to contact us, send us an email at areweprettypodcasts at gmail.com. You can follow Miami on Instagram at Miami, And you can follow Annalie on Instagram at Dreams. Our music from this podcast is produced by Evans Beats. Thank you for listening and we will see you soon. Stay pretty. Stay pretty.